Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We made this. Hello and welcome to Scheduled Programming, the official TV podcast of the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm your host Matt Latham and Scheduled Programming is a show taking a closer glance at new television, examining the good, the bad and the ugly of the small screen. In this episode, we're taking a bit of a detour from the comedy and drama that we've spoken about so far on the podcast and we're dipping into the reality slash game show slash cooking program, The Great British Bake Off. The Great British Bake Off, which is often abbreviated as Bake Off or GBBO, is a British television baking competition produced by Love Productions in which a group of amateur bakers compete against each other in a series of rounds attempting to impress a group of judges with their baking skills. One contestant is eliminated in each round and the winner is selected from the contestants who reach the final. The first episode was aired on the 17th of August 2010 with its first four series broadcast on BBC Two until its growing popularity led the BBC to move it to BBC One for the next three series. After its seventh series, Love Productions signed a three-year deal with Channel 4 to produce the series for the broadcaster. The programme was originally presented by Sue Perkins and Mel... Mel Gidroich, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Gidroich, with judges Matt Berry and Paul Hollywood. Following its move to Channel 4, they had presenters with slightly easier-to-pronounce surnames, with Noel Fielding and Sandy Totsvig, took a taking over the presenters. Then Toxfig was later replaced by Matt Lucas. Hollywood and Prue Leith are the current judges. The series is credited with reinvigorating interest in baking throughout the United Kingdom and Ireland, with shops in the UK reporting sharp rises in sales of baking ingredients and accessories. Many of his participants, including winners, have gone on to start a career based on bakery, while the BAFTA award-winning programme has spawned a number of specials and spin-off shows, including a celebrity charity series in aid of sport relief slash comic relief or stand-up to cancer, Junior Bake Off for Young Children, which is broadcast on the CBC channel, and then on Channel 4 from 2019, and After Show series and Extra Slice and Bake Off the Professionals for teams of pastry chefs. On the 2nd of November 2021, it was announced that the Great British Bake Off has been renewed for a Series 13 to air next year in 2022. And if you're bored of me talking, that's fine. I've got a guest with me to kind of break up the monotony of me. Uh, my guest here is Ian Clark from the We Dig Me Music podcast and, and free with this month's issue. How are you doing, Ian? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I think my throat's a bit dry now, but um, all the background <laughs> leading up to what the Bake Off is is all done. Um, and we're here, and you're here to have a chat with the Bake Off with me. So uh, Yes, yes. Yes. And I think, basically, um, come to it, how, when did you start watching the Great British Bake Off? Um, I think there's a convenient link between my getting together with my now wife and my starting watching Bake Off. Because previous to that, I didn't have any... I just had no truck at all with reality TV and I just didn't give a shit about things like that. I was very very staunch on my it needs to be a proper programme written by a fucking... with actors and script writers and it needs to be proper and real... 
like actual television rather than reality TV. I've never been a prior prior to my relationship. I'd never, you know, I'd, I'd always been like I say a bit of a stickler for that shit. And now we'll watch any old crap mostly. <laughs> so, um, so what is it about the Bake Off that? Uh, like mate fell for it or basically broke through that tough ex- exterior <laughs> see that's that's the thing like we when we started watching other things we like we watch stuff like love island and the circle and things and it's always good fun to to judge people and and watch how just fucking shitty some people can be and yeah. that is not what you get with the bake-off what you get with bake-off is just a an outflowing of positivity. Everyone's very supportive of each other, and it's just lovely. It's nice and warm. I did read that originally they tried to make drama and, like, you know, make it a little bit more competitive. Mel and Sue were like, no, that's not going to work. Let's not do that. Let's be nice. And and that's that. I think that's what's won everyone round, is that it's just, you know, it's even if you don't really give a shit about bacon... It's nice to just watch people being supportive of each other. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a wholesome element to it, which it is. is Wholesome is a word I should have come by, and I just skirted around it. But yeah, I mean, you've got so you said like stuff like Love Island and the Circle. I've I've only ever watched one episode of the Circle, and that was when I was in the urgent care unit waiting to be seen by (laughs) seen by emergency DP at like ten Ah, p.m. That's fair. Yeah. it was distracting, but um, but yeah, there's there's a, like a weird, there's always a kind of weird kind of like a, what the, the whole concept of that subterfuge, subterfuge and yeah, um, like catfishing more or less, and it's just yeah, it always, basically encourages you to be a shitty person. Yeah, so. yeah, and and I've never watched Love Island, and I mean, and I don't really have that much intention to, but from what I've known about it, I know that I probably won't won't like it, but I feel it's like. Like many, like stuff like um, uh, the real Orange County or the real RC with like, yeah, kind of yeah. Like, like those American kind of style shows where it's, it seems to like kind of deliberately try to yeah to yeah, cause seems, drama and yeah and, yeah whereas yeah, yeah. whereas I think Bake Off kind of if it, it tries to it will it'll scrape anything like that but it, it's just very rare that that happens and you yeah. kind of left with like a beat positivity thing. Um, I think, so um, I can remember, I think the first time I watched it was Series 5, which I think was the first one it aired in BBC One, and it yeah. was the one that Nadia Hussain won. Um, yeah, potentially, I'm, I am i don't know. No, I haven't watched that, I'm sure. Because that was, I think that was the first one, that was the first one I watched, because um, that was back when it was on BBC One, and I think the series after was um, Candice Brown won, and then it moved to Channel 4. Yeah. And like, I watched the first two series, but then when it moved to Channel 4, it moved, I think, to Tuesday. Because I can't remember what day it was on, but it's now moved to Tuesdays. Mm. And I never watched it on Channel 4 because it, it conflicted for because I was at a running club at the time. And like I, I just could never watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But then I think during last year, in 2020, um, there was a thing about the whole um, behind the scenes being that there was all in a bubble, um, which I think yeah. was the same with this year. And like... Yes. And like all the contestants and the crew and the cat and the judges and stuff were all in like a bubble for about six weeks, and yep. um, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I might as well go back into it because I'm not doing anything on a Tuesday evening anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just kind of fell back in love with it, um, and then ended up afterwards kind of binging all the Channel Four series in like ah nice 
you know, and it was and it, particularly in like the latter half of 2020 when it was just entering another lockdown and like he's like oh yeah you're not going to see any of your family this Christmas or anything it was a, it was nice upbeat kind of yeah I think we all thing. needed that kind of positivity at that point you know? yeah and it was it's a dark time that yeah and it's it's a nice kind of it was a nice kind of uh, thing to be kind of to watch and just basking like positivity and also looking at cakes that you can't eat yes <laughs> but um so um yeah so i th- yeah so i remember kind of cat binging pretty much most of channel four channel four's output in like about three or four weeks last year um and i'm awfully caught up and we got to this year um at the time of recording we're just a couple of days days off from the final so we are going to spoil <laughs> we are going to spoil it so if you've not watched the um this current series and you don't want to know who wins, then perhaps just press pause and just uh, come back a bit later on. I but, feel uh, like if you, even if you start watching it first couple of episodes in, it was reasonably clear, at yeah. least out of... I mean, I, I had it down to two people, and I was wrong, actually, in my favourite, clearly. Yeah. So, um, so I was Team Jürgen all the way. Oh yeah, no, completely. I was good. To, I mean, I think yeah, the semi-final where he left, I think it might have been the right decision because I think he had a bit of a, I think he had a bit of a bad week. Yeah. In the semi-final, and I it was in how they judge it's like the right decision. But man, I was I was We've, so good. I've had discussions with my wife about this one because they they always maintain that they'll judge it week to week, but then as you move on, they clearly are judging it taking their previous performance into you know into account yeah i want to come back but to that sometimes idea. they don't yeah i want to come back to that idea in a second when we talk about the final because yep. i think that comes to play in the final but i don't want to mm. get, jump ahead in that but um yeah so i think before we I, th- I think we'll just have a chat about this series first so the yeah yeah so series 12 i think it started in began airing on the 21st of september and then finished on the 23rd 23rd of November, which seems quite short when you think about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like at least a good ten weeks um, between the two of them. And and what we've got, um, we had like t- uh, twelve amateur bakers. Uh, so we had uh, Amanda, who was a police detective from London. We had Chiggs, who was a sales manager from Leicester. We had Christelle, who was a client relationship manager from London. We had Freya, who was a student from Scarborough. We had George, who uh, is a shared lives coordinator from London. Giuseppe, who was a chief engineer who lived in Bristol. We had John Zeno, who was a head of finance from London. We had Jürgen, who was a physicist, who was from Brighton. Uh, Lizzie, who was a car production operative from Liverpool. Maggie, who was a retired nurse and midwife from Poole. We had Rashia. For, who's a junior HR business partner uh, from Birmingham, yay, uh, and Tom, Tom Fletcher, <laughs> from a, who's a software developer from Maidstone in Kent. Um, yeah, and um, so that, they were their hometown, but um, from the get-go, when you when I first watched it, uh, for, some, for a show quite wholesome, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the lineup this year seemed to be very much, I felt like it was perhaps the casting um, the casting team, um, perhaps maybe wanted to pee off a few right-wing newspapers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, and why would you not want to do that? Yeah, um, and which is great, because I think it, cause it, I th- it was like, because it was very kind of diverse in terms of um, representation, and, and quite a few um, European 
Yes. Quite European uh, people who lived in the UK. Um, I mean, it's it's always very diverse, but not so much... Yeah, you're right. It was more culturally, like, culturally diverse, having an Italian and a German on there. Yeah. You know, that was... That was more, I think, yeah, at first. Yeah, and I think, um, I think, I think, Chiggs, I think, um, I want to say, Cy- had, uh, was, family was originally from Cyprus, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he's yeah. Cypriot, yes. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine actually used to work with him. Oh, right. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And I think, and they, they did say as well, there was um, two, two, uh, like, two Greek, uh, to like Greek or half Greek contestants as well. Amanda and George had Greek family, so ah, yes. and yeah, and I think particularly, particularly in the modern day as well, I think it was nice to actually celebrate the fact the diversity of the UK. Where yeah. particularly, yeah, I'm not going to get too much in the the political stuff of this, but particularly in the current political climate, where where kind of like there's a, a whole thing between like well Brexit and pro EU and the anti EU. I think it's nice just to to have something so wholesome remind everyone that we are quite diverse we're not yeah 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 because considering who we might have in power we're not all balanced <laughs> no no we're, we're just we're just people after all that's you know i don't want to make a big statement or anything but we're all just fucking humans like yeah so um and and um so what's your overall opinion of the of the, the cast this year compared to um so i i've made some i made some notes because i think they they work to a bit of a formula, like <laughs> yeah. there's there's always a kooky slash spooky lady. <laughs> um, less so this year, but like if you, I'm looking at you, Kim Joy and Helena, right? Yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. what are you doing, Helena? Well, this is a spider. <laughs> you know, like there's always that. Uh, there's yeah. always at least one woman that Paul Hollywood definitely fancies. <laughs> <laughs> often they interweave like Lottie from last year was quite kooky and Paul Hollywood fancied her uh, then there was the Ruby and obviously this year he had a bit of a thing for Christelle I think <laughs> then there's um, at least two people who you look at and you're like you're fucking gone in week one mate <laughs> you suck but for for me, I always put my money on the wrong one, and I'm like, "Oh, why are you still here?" Yeah, like I was, I I was convinced Lizzie was going, and she was just still there. She just hung in inexplicably for the just so long this season. Yeah. Um. Then there's always a very precise man. He is often an engineer, but not always. Mm-hmm. And. Last but not least, a nice old lady who's very good at standard classic bakes, but none of the fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there is kind of like the kind of you can call them tropes, can't you? Can't, can't, yeah, yeah, tro- they're definitely tropes, tropes or like they're 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 people that they're like ah, oh, there we go, tick that box, let's tick this box. Yeah, so it feels like they kind of. I think it's because they have about twelve people. Because they have twelve people, they they have a kind of they find themselves with a limited scope of kind of characters and kind of yeah. holes and stuff. And I mean, like with perhaps other reality TVs, you'll probably you'll get them more. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, you'll probably have some that are probably easy to pigeonhole as, oh, yes, we can make this one slightly more antagonistic and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas I think the, the mission statement to Bake Off is not to try and do that. The, the one to at least have 12 people that you're going to root for and yeah, you're going uh, to miss when they go. I think they also, like, not only the Paul Hollywood, oh, he likes her a bit, the spooky one is there for Noel. Like, I think that's a... <laughs> yes. We need someone a bit spooky and a bit weird that gets Noel's sense of humour. Because a lot yeah. of the time, he he is... Um, I love his sense of humour, but he's a little bit too out there for a few of them. You can <laughs> see their confusion. Uh, yeah, with like, is it the Mr. Spatula and the... No, he oh my god, the spatula in the final, yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I think, I think he, cause he, cause he brings, cause it was like a spoon in previous years, I think, where like, you have to kiss the spoon, Mr. Spoon or something, should, yeah, something yeah. silly like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's the, um, I'm, so I'm, I'm currently looking at the um, the results summary on uh, the Wikipedia, and they always have this one, like, elimination chart. Yeah. And, in, and I've not, I've not looked back to previous series, but interestingly, Star Bakers have only been four people throughout this whole series. Wow. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's a record or not. Um, I've not gone back to check the previous 12 series, but yeah. I, I think, know, I think it was more well distributed previously. Yeah, but Jürgen was smashing it early on. Like, he what, four of them, I think he had? Um, he had three in the end. Three. Um, he had three and the rest had at least two. Uh, well, yeah, so um, Giuseppe, Chiggs, Christelle and Jürgen. All had Star Baker. Um, Jürgen had three, and the other two, the three had two. Um, but I think, uh, but yeah, I think there's a very, some very strong bakers. I think pretty much when he got to the semi final, it was hard to call. Yes. Hard yeah, to call definitely. the final four. And I th- yeah, I think a couple of mistakes kind of cost Jürgen, who, as I said before, hashtag team, he- team Jürgen. He was yep. my, yeah, um, yeah, he was, uh, Unfortunately, I think he, I think a couple of mistakes and I, and that was, and I think that's kind of, they, when the Paul and Prue said on social media that they kind of judge based on the week, that was one of the weeks they have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a shame because I think if they've gone, because if they had done looking back, I think he would have gone through and to be fair, I wouldn't, I could not have called who would have gone. It might have been Giuseppe in the semi final actually, I think he, mm. um, so yeah, I think so he had a rough week as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think he had a rough week. I think he'd gone back in the tent on the uh, showstopper. I think in the end, mm. but because I think because Jürgen got the first and technical, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Final. He did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's not usually a, a precursor to going home either, is it? Like no, no. I mean, like yeah, getting eliminated when you're first and technical. <laughs> mm. But um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's. I mean, there's quite. I mean, quite a few. I think. You get to around about um, series five, uh, series um, episode five, and what you notice is that I think originally when the first starts off, it's like from eight till half nine, and then they'd start losing fifteen minutes when there's less c- coverage. But in yeah, order, yeah. but what you find is that they will start around, and I noticed this when I was binging the previous um, series, is that they get to around episode five, and when they've got more time, you start to see how the bakers interact with each other, and you kind of see 
Um, and you can see the pre-existing friendships that have ah, yeah, built which is, stuff. That's the bit. That's the bit that makes it, you know, so nice when one of yeah. them's struggling, and you would just see someone glance across and just run and and help them yeah. carry things or ask them what's gone wrong and stuff. That's yeah, you know, and it's yeah, and and you just start interacting, get, get starting to gauge um, what kind of the relationships they have with each other, and yeah, I think yeah. it's particularly strong with this series and the previous series because the the way that um, from what I've read is that the way that the series is filmed is that. Pre- before before COVID, it was a case that they would travel to wherever it was being filmed that year yeah. on a weekend. So they like they'll turn up like crack a do- crack a dawn on a Saturday or even Friday evening. Yeah, um, they'll do the first they'll do the signature and the the uh, technical. technical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the next and then the second day is the the showstopper. Oh, so they're they're off in the week, just hanging out with their family and having their normal yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. So and probably and probably doing the jobs. And but because yeah, yeah. of um, but because of lockdown and COVID last year, they had to do. I think it was like seven weeks from. I think because um, I from the bakers last year, I follow I think Laura and Lottie on Instagram, and they ended yeah. up doing a couple of live live interviews. Ah, yeah. or like kind of live streams, and they said it was about seven weeks. They was all isolated. So and. They're filming over a certain, so it was a lot less condensed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they had a lot more time with each other. So, and you can kind of see that um, at, during the during the actual filming. Uh, yeah. And it's the same, and it's the same with this year. Um, Matt Lucas was saying it was actually filmed over um, six weeks, but, um, but they filmed two days on, two days off, two days on, and the two days off that was all in the practice tent. Ah, yeah. So, um, so, we so basically, baking. just hanging out the whole time, then. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, they were constantly baking. So you had the filming and the actual competitive days. Yeah. And then you had the days when they're in the practice tests. But because, but then the contestants are all quite close knit together. And as much any from what I've read, it feels like it's quite intense and everything. Mm. But I think, particularly with these last two series, you get you you feel that kind of closeness with the contestants as the series goes on. And, yeah, definitely. And part of me kind of thinks that that's what they should keep doing, <laughs> I think. Um, yes, yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to be possible, I don't think, once yeah. people are back to their standard day jobs and things. But you never know, because, I mean, I, I keep circling back to Love Island and the Circle, but they, they do it, you know. Mm-hmm. They're off on a desert island or whatever for a month. So why not? <laughs> why not? For the yeah, sake of positive, <laughs> cheerful programming. So um, yeah, but I, I do. I again, yeah. I think one of is said the one of the highlights is the kind of growing friendship between them, and yeah. like the fact, and like you can see in like the last couple when couple of uh, episodes where when someone is star baker, someone star baker, and you can kind of and the bakers are kind of know that they might be in line, but then if they don't win immediately, they are they're like, oh my god, it's great, congratulations and stuff. So like uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I think like when I think Cristal got Star Baker, I think the last the semi final. Mm. Um immediately like everyone was like, Oh my god, well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um so in terms of the rest um so in terms of um this series, any kind of moments or weeks that stand out to you in terms of You know what? I think one of my absolute favourite moments was when Matt Lucas perfectly sang was it the tune of the Flint it was the Flintstones in German next to Jürgen, and he's like, that's what it's like, isn't it? And Jürgen just went, yes, maybe, kind of, and just walked <laughs> off, like, just completely fucking, like, no, 
I'm not. T- I'm not engaging with this. <laughs> and he'd been stood next to him for the whole time, just doing something. And then the moment Matt Lucas stopped and was like, "Come on, what? You know, acknowledge <laughs> that my German was good." He just was like, "Mm-hmm, okay." <laughs> that was. I think that was my absolute favourite moment. So, <laughs> I I think I, I can't remember what exactly it was said, but. There was, and I apologise for, I'm not going to swear, but I'm going to apologise for Lauren Tan a bit. Pro-Leith, either inadvertently or, no, actually, I'm convinced she knew exactly what she was doing. She made perhaps the most um, overt squirting reference to do. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It was a couple of weeks ago, I think, but I can't remember exactly what it was, but she was on about um, the balls like when you you need to get into squirt or something, and they just saw Matt Lucas and Paul... (laughs) Yeah, Prue, like Prue is filth sometimes, yes. and it's it's fantastic because she just comes across as this reasonably nice, nice old lady most of the time, and then she'll come out with something you're like, oh my god, Prue, what? A, uh. <laughs> Mary yeah. Berry never said stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think previous week she mentioned the fact that it was eighteen, and on Twitter everyone was going, she's how old? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, she's got the mind of a thirteen year mind of a thirteen year old, and the. Mm. <laughs> Um, but yes, because it comes across as either being innocent, but then like if you kind of think about it, she knows exactly what kind of yeah, yeah. What she's you, going for. I don't think you get to eighty and not be worldly wise. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and I think uh, it's t- and apart from that, I think the it's one of the one of rare moments of innuendo, which used to be a lot more prevalent in the early mm. seasons, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think quite quite a bit of interesting um things that happen throughout this the i think the uh one of the highlights i think for me particularly was the semi-final i think semi-final because like it was i i think it was a point as much as i was team jürgen i did remember saying to people that i want jürgen to win but this is the first year that if any of them won i wouldn't yeah 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 i wouldn't know so because that's how strong it was i mean like again on twitter i think at the semi-final scene can you just like have all four of them come back next week and <laughs> yeah yeah just but, uh, you know that would have been good yeah, but um, and it was probably the most one of the most evenly balanced finals that we probably had as well. Um, so yeah, you, I think so. Yeah, compared with last year, I mean, as much as I liked, as much as I, as much as I liked liked Laura from last year, um, I think she was she was constantly making kind of silly kind of yeah kind of silly slip ups, which um, but I think she managed to come through the skin of her teeth, which is shame because I think. Seeing see her kind of what she, she's done afterwards in terms of Instagram and stuff, right? She's a very capable baker. I think it's just the pressure that got to her. Yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas with this final, you've got three, you got kind of three almost kind of level-headed um, bakers who kind of knew what they were doing, um, made the odd, made the odd slight mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But were but still managed to, for the most like ninety ninety five percent of the time, did something that was almost immaculate. And it was probably one of the best finals we've we had in the series so far. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so. I think so. They were all very strong contenders. Yeah, yeah. Um, any so uh, any highlights for you on the final? Um, there was a bit where I thought Chiggs was going to win, and I was like, "Oh my god, that would be amazing!" Like, I, I Giuseppe a hundred percent deserved it, but I, yeah, you know, for a second there, I thought this like super intense starey look because he, he looked absolutely crazy a large amount of the time didn't he 
Like you yeah. just cut to him and he'd just be glaring into the distance or focusing on something because his, his stare was insane. And I, but yeah. I, I was like, well, it would be an amazing like underdog story if he came from not even knowing about bacon 18 months previous to winning. That would have been amazing. I mean, as, as I think we alluded to earlier, I think that, particularly in the final, I think the previous, previous performance probably does come into effect a bit with the final because yeah, yeah. I th- I think that and as and I'm going to say this now I, I think either three any the other th- any all three of them would could have easily won and I would have been happy with them and yeah, yeah. he definitely deserves it definitely deserved winning and but I do think that perhaps from what I understand again again we didn't taste them um, I do think perhaps from what I see I thought Chiggs perhaps did a bit better I think because mm. particularly particularly on the technical because I think because uh, Giuseppe actually burnt his. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Burnt like, his buns. Although yeah. Chiggs didn't, his his shape was wrong, wasn't it? Like his were more vertical, if I remember yeah. rightly. Ah, yeah, true, true. But so. I think, but I I thought his showstopper was immaculate. Like he's like Manhattan. He took the brief, and that was playing card like like Jamie Judge. Yeah, oh god, Jamie that Dodger. looked amazing. Those those cards were like immaculate and perfect, and I was yeah. Like, and it was just great. I think he couldn't didn't have enough time to um, finish his Cheshire Cat uh, cake, but it was great. Then, um, then there was that moment where Giuseppe had accidentally left the door ajar on his oven, and it just <laughs> hadn't heated up. I was like, "Oh yeah. Jesus, that is that's some drama." Is has he screwed yeah. himself here? Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where suddenly you, you can see the editorial team suddenly go, "Oh my God, we've got drama," yeah. and then kind of like focus and like the music kind of gets to the more of that. Where the yeah. key kind of changes to a lower lower key, and it's dun dun dun, and like yeah. it goes into like slower lower brass instruments, and you can kind of feel the editing team going, "We need to make sure we can milk as much drama, yes, wholesome show as make possible." Make sure everyone knows how stressful this is for him. Yeah, yeah, and like it was, I think as well, I think a couple of years ago when Rahul won, um, he actually, I think one of the bowl actually smashed because of the heat of the tent. Yes, and he was given fifteen minutes extra time, and like you, you watch, you actually see kind of like the crew come in and the music going dun dun dun, dun underneath. Yeah. Like you can see the drop. Oh my god, drama in the final, and um, yeah, and and I did actually, I felt really bad for Christelle as well, um, because I thought she, I thought she was pretty much going to win it until the the Vicaccia. Yeah, 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 that was a horrendous mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. thought you know when. Prue kind of paused for a second before she said it was inedible. I thought she was going to say this is amazing or something like that. Yeah. And it was just that tiny little fragment of a second where you're like, oh my God, she smashed it. She's, oh, she yeah. hasn't even cooked it. Jesus, that's not yeah. great. And it's like, it's like, it's raw. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's, um, and I think as well, particularly when I think she's the, I think she's like the second ever handshake yeah. showstopper as well. I think Rahul got one for, um, one of his weeks as well. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think my heart broke. I was like, oh, oh, I was like, he's like, you can feel like the nation's heartbreaking when you, because, oh, it's raw and thinking that, yeah, she's, she's, she's yeah. In, in, but, a, uh, in the final, there's no getting away with that one, is there? You've just <laughs> consigned yourself to third place. Yeah, exactly. But I think in the end, that again, I think Giuseppe fully deserved. Yeah. Um, fully deserved. Um, he kind of, I think he won the hearts very quickly. He was very similar to racing to Jürgen. I think it was like at one point it was either, he was either Team Giuseppe and Jürgen. 
And I yeah. think then Chiggs and Castell kind of just seem to, from about halfway point, suddenly just exponential yeah. performance throughout. That's um, it. It was very much a two-horse race for the first few episodes. And then you're yeah. like, oh, oh, actually these two maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, need, I, I need to make a shout out for, um, I somehow discovered what seemed to be Chiggs and Glasses Twitter, where there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole subsection of Twitter now devoted to Chiggs and his glasses. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, because um, um, apparently there's a lot of fans of him in glasses, so... Uh... <laughs> well, there you go. It's, uh, Twitter's yeah. a strange place, isn't it, Twitter? So, yes. Yeah. And um, I, I shout out to Melissa Lusk on Twitter, who uh, I liked the tweet, and she pretty much said, um, to pick a disc, I'll gladly come on to pick a disc and talk about the band Chiggs in Glasses, because it is the perfect indie pop band name. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so... So someone so, um, needs to form that band and write some songs, and then yes, then they can be on a podcast episode. Yeah. Um, so and that's that's the light season. Um, so that's the light season, and I think um, one quickly um, one I briefly didn't talk about is as well. You say it's quite wholesome and stuff, but there's quite mm. a lot of in terms of like the construction and the of how the episodes are put together and stuff. There's quite a lot. It's very kind of calm. It's very kind of because you've got uh, Matt Lucas and. Noel Fielding, who, who I mean, I've seen online people who like and dislike them, yeah, um, and say, oh, it's been oh, been Batman and Sue and that kind of stuff, and um, they kind of like acted as like the anchors of the of the show. I think yeah. they're there. I think they're there. They're meant to be um, comforting. I think and being like a reassuring element for yeah. the for the bakers. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it seems like they're antagonising them. I, a bit I too think, much sometimes. yeah, I think sometimes that, especially Noel, I think he's a little bit mischievous. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. he likes to mess with people, but yeah, it always seems very good natured. Like Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You can never yeah. see anyone getting properly aggravated with him. They're always just like, oh, you... Yeah, that's, but I think there's been it. a couple of t- there's been a couple of times as well. I think um, I think Sandy talks figures as well when she was hosting. Where I think when they need to, they are actually quite comforting. Yes, they are definitely. quite comforting, and they're there, and they they they, they know how to kind of reassure the reassure the um, the contestants. Yeah, um, I don't think there's been that many this year, but I think a couple of years ago, no, last year, there's at least one where someone almost broke down, and I think you actually saw Noel kind of managed to... I can't remember who he was. Is it that or it might have been a couple of series ago, but there was a bit where Noel, Noel Fielding stopped being, quote-unquote, Noel Fielding. Yeah, yes. and just became and was, like a nice, warm... Came, yeah, he yeah. came 
who 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 we probably he probably might be from behind the camera. So he yes. actually is like, okay, there's the entertaining bit, but there's the okay, you need someone to kind of cheer you up or just be there and stuff. And yeah, um, but yeah, so like, so I mean, in terms of Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas, are you a fan of them in this um, compared to previous hosts? Or? So. I've always been a fan of Noel Fielding. Like, I love the Mighty Boosh, and ev- everything he does, I think, is very entertaining. And I, But I was very sceptical about him as a host of this, because he's he's not, you know, he's, he's a bit edgy, isn't he? He's a bit yeah. weird. And then he's doing, like, the nicest show on TV. Like, oh, okay. All he's, right, he's the most reserved he's ever been, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I... It took him a while to find his stride with Sandy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I get that because her her humour is very like I don't want to say pedestrian because that's kind of mean, but her, she's a very safe, nice person. Mm-hmm. So I think it took them a while to find their chemistry, and then obviously she left, and Matt Lucas came in, and I think it again took them almost half a series to find their chemistry. Like, it just seemed a bit forced. Mm-hmm. But now, I like it. Now they they seem to be playing off each other quite nicely, and they're both clearly nice, warm individuals as well, which is good. It adds. Yeah, and I think I think that they... I think Matt Lucas... I think Matt Lucas... Because, um, again, um, I... Particularly with Channel Four, I ended up watching the Matt Lucas series before I went back to watch Sandy Toxvig. Yeah, and Matt Lucas, I think again took about half a, half a series, but I think he because he's cause he's surprisingly quite quite low key in terms of kind of where Noel is. I don't want to say manic, but or they're almost like two extremes. Yes, and consider, but but consider, considering but considering their previous comedic work. Um, it's surprising that you're saying that about Matt Lucas and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so um, but I mean, quite a few times I think Matt Lucas is quite is has kind of like has a, a very he's very natural in terms of how to make try and try and lift someone up. Yes, um, depending on who they are, unless they're Jurgen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he, de- but, he definitely uh, didn't sit well with Jurgen. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um. But and I think what one of the um, other one of the other key um, aspects before we move on to the judges, um, I want to briefly mention um, an element that's been there for since the beginning, since yeah. before I started watching it, is the illustrations by um, an artist called Tom Hovey, mm. um, and they're very they are very short moments that that probably you probably get about thirty seconds combined screen time at the each episode yeah but the illustrations are kind of like a key kind of signature part mm. of the show and they and they are part of its look yeah um so um i mean i i, I don't follow him but i don't follow the artist on instagram but i did look at a bit beforehand and like it's yeah you can you can tell it's the guy who does the back off yeah, yeah. <laughs> illustrations um so um yeah i just wanted to mention that it's so, it's very british isn't it that's the thing i yeah. mean they've captured it like the theme tune is very british the imagery all you know the fact that they're they're having this big cookery garden party basically in the grounds of a stately home it's just so very quintessentially british 
Yeah, the um, actually, I think saying that the um, the competition element was conceived by a producer called Anna Beatty, and she spoke to a friend who'd seen the kind of concept of bake offs in America. Oh, so yeah. like, so you got looks, which is kind of like an American thing where they kind of either do like uh, whether like say the cakes and stuff, or um, perhaps I've seen TV shows where they'll do like or c- comedy shows where they'll have like where they've got a bake stew or like yeah. chili or something and. Um, there's been quite a few sitcoms where that's been the been the case mm. um, and BT was inspired by the classic English fate baking competitions and said I love that idea of village, of village fates and the old fashioned baking competition with people who only wanted to bake a good cake however um, she failed to get any interest in the idea for about four years and then I think in 2009 they pitched the idea to Janice Hadlow who was then controller of BBC2 and the pitch was successful and uh, commissioning editor Charlotte Moore Commission the program, and it was developed over the next six months. Um, they first selected Mary Berry as a judge first, and yeah. following an audition, Paul Hollywood was also appointed, with Sue, Mel and Sue being approached to become presenters. So, um, so yeah, so and then the that kind, of, then that kind of British theme, kind of sensibility was kind of carried on. So they got the village fight and the tents, yeah, like the Women's Institute tents where you go and buy, like they buy the cakes and stuff. The, yeah, yeah. the whole the idea of the tent was was based on the village fate so you got all the buntings and the marquees so it feels like you're in like a field in Shropshire oh um, yeah 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 so that, so yeah so when you say it's got the kind of British feel it's kind of steeped into kind of British tradition mm. um, and that kind of echoes through like there's always bunting there's, you can't <laughs> there's always bunting there's, yeah there's, you, can, you can probably say like a camera and if you've not got bunting in the background you're fired yeah basically you're just yeah. you're a very bad cameraman if there's no bunting <laughs> Yeah. Interestingly as well is that the bakers that apply, they get first assessed by a researcher. They have audition in London with two of their bakes. They undergo a screen test in an interview with the producer. There's a second audition and the applicants bake two recipes for the judges in front of the camera. And there's a psych evaluation and between 10 and 13 applications are selected for the show with two further bakers on standby should any of those drop out. Oh, I like the fact that there's like a... a- psychological evaluation i feel like there should there should be more of that on reality tv because like you especially like on the more vapid like love island type shows you see people who have glaring personality defects Mm -hmm. and you're like oh someone should be looking after you like you're not well (laughs) like you, you know you need you need someone to take you aside and help you deal with your issues you don't need to be on national tv dealing with the hate of like hundreds of thousands of people on your social media feeds when you get back you know mm-hmm. that's that's not what i think the the fact that they they look after they clearly look after each other and they look you know the crew and cast look after the bakers and want people mm-hmm. who are healthy and gonna you know make it through this the whole thing unscathed as it were I think that's you know that speaks to the the good goodness of the show. I think you know the whole wholesomeness of the entire experience. Yeah, yeah. I think I didn't actually thought about it like that. So I think yeah. So although they're trying to say that, can they cope with the pressure as well? Yeah, yeah. From what from what Gary is quite an intense. I can imagine it's pretty intense. Yeah, Yeah. Um, like the thing saying, oh, it's it's like, would you do it again? Like. They say no, then they come back for a special, but then it's only like a one-off special. Um, 
but yeah, so you say it's a lot of fun, but very stressful. And I can you can fully see, you can fully get the vibe of that, mm. especially um, on the the ones where they've had a really hot summer as well. So they're in a horrendously hot tent surrounded by <laughs> ovens as well. You know. Yeah, and like, um, one of the things that keep coming up on on um, Twitter and stuff is like, was, why don't they just put air conditioning in the tents? Because like quite a few times they've always said about uh, the temperature in the tents quite yeah, yeah. warm, and you can see and you can kind of get the impression of that. And then that's the day that they want to make ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and they just can't. Yeah, yeah. So, but then again, part of me does think that it might be slightly deliberate in attempt at trying to get some drama. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Like, no, we just want to test how good you really are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and we've briefly, we've briefly mentioned about them, but the judges as well. So we've mentioned, briefly mentioned that, uh, Prulith is a kind of, kind of dirty minded, uh, <laughs> judge. Yes. Um, like, who pretends she's not? Because it pretends <laughs> she's not. Um, I don't know much about, uh, I, I don't know how much about her before this and. No, me neither. Well. Like, I, I knew the so. name, but that was about it. Uh, same I said, with... I d- oh, sorry, carry on. I didn't at all. Um, so I didn't at all. But um, briefly looking there. So, yeah, she's a um, born in eight, on the 18th of February 1940. She's a British South African restaurateur, chef, caterer, television presenter slash broadcaster, businesswoman, journalist, cookery writer and novelist. Wow. Um, and she's a sh- the Chancellor of Queen Margaret University, Edinburgh. Cool, so, okay. um, all right, then. Yeah, so she's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, a lot yeah. Of stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, so she's got, so yeah, she's got, um, a good sense of, like, I'd say, good sense of humour with, on her and stuff. And oh, God, yes. Quite, yeah, there's a, there's a very no, nice ongoing in joke about the fact that if anything tastes like or contains alcohol, then, because, then you, <laughs> at least Prue's gonna at least yeah. have some comment, comment to say and stuff, which is quite funny. Yes. <laughs> just just let's times. heavily imply that she's an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she even says the sales she goes, you could probably do a bit more rum. Yeah. So when she when she says stuff like that, um, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, I, th- I think, and I also I do think she's approach comes across as being more approachable and likable than uh, Mary Berry was. Yes, um, Mary Mary, Ber- Mary Berry was kind of to the point and say to the point and say this was good. I liked it, however, and if it was wrong, goes this this isn't good, but this is what this is why I didn't like it. Yeah, and then but then like. And then move on to the next one, whereas so she was like to the point, whereas Prue's a lot more, a bit more of a personality to her. Yeah, I think she's a bit more polite about it. Yeah, I, like you say, uh, Mary Berry was just yeah, she's quite mean sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but direct. Um, yeah, direct. Um, and they say, and which is quite interesting when you compare them to um, the to Paul Hollywood, who he's arguably the face and kind of the the. Oh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? The flagship uh, personality from the show. Yeah. So uh, he's been there since the beginning. He's the uh, he's the one who moved, who um, I don't say defected, but moved with the show. So he's yeah. been there the whole time. So he's the he's the consistent mm. thing about it, and he he can he's a he's the reason they have the reason. psychiatric evaluations because he is <laughs> yeah. clearly is quite terrifying i think it's it's weird, it's weird. on the one he comes across like he wants to be the simon Cowell of baking yes but then also but also comes across as actually human whereas simon mm. Cowell just simon Cowell will 
that probably happen, comes across as happily putting on, will just detonate a nuke on you. Yeah, yeah. And the only way to survive is if you show him a picture of a dog. Uh, whereas Paul Hollywood, I think, comes across as being really strict and scary. Also, can almost be approachable. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's like very much the father figure of the show. I think like yeah. he's there. He's quite intimidating and stern. But actually, if you if you need him, you know, like if you need him to be nice and warm, he can do that. Yeah, yeah, and um, and like cause the, it's like a weird ongoing joke that about about how scary is or how you have to impress Paul and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. There's like there's there's like one of the recurring motifs is like you'll you'll just see him just staring in the distance, looking at the bikers, and the yeah. bikers are going like looking around, going, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" And he he's there. He's and. You can, you can tell he's trying not to crack up. Cause yeah. Because it, like he, he, he like knows an, that he's just messing with him. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you not find he looks quite a lot like a human husky? <laughs> now you say that, yes. I've got to credit my wife for that one. She was like, no, but he just looks like a husky, doesn't he? And I was like, shit. Yeah, he does. No way. How did I not see that? But yeah, he's... um. So yeah, so he's um, but I think as well. So he, and what and, so, and he's got this kind of like he's like the mythical kind of like say flagship judge of their judge of the show. He's and he kind of like he's always I think oh you have to impress Paul and Prue, but like Paul and um, I think from about series three from what I've been from I read, which is when the idea of the ha- the Hollywood handshake appeared. Where it comes like a kind of badge of honor, like a badge of honor and stuff, and um, I've seen a bit of things online saying he gives too many, or if he, or whether it's not as mm, not as sought after anymore, yeah, yeah. Which you can kind of see, particularly like with late, perhaps these later series where he's done a few, or in this series where he hands out three in one episode, yes, and misses Jürgen out the bastard. Oh. The f- <laughs> <laughs> unacceptable yeah yeah but um and but like as I said before there's like kind of been two instances where he's ever given a handshake on a signature and that was like with Raul in 2019 yeah. I think and with Christelle with the thing which again if you notice the, if you notice the um the editing where you've got the on this week on the bake off mm. and I think it happened with the, the week before where he said last week and he goes oh Come here, you've seen this, where it's like, where it's purposely edited to think, oh God, he's found something really awful, like he's going to be raw or something. Yeah, yeah. And he says it to Christelle and goes, oh, come here a sec. And then, and then hands his handshake. It's, uh, mm. it's again, it's that attempt to try and get drama. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of those tropes, isn't it? Like, oh no, yeah. something terrible is going to happen. Oh, no. Yeah. Actually, it was the opposite. <laughs> Daphne, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Moving so obviously it's it's evolved throughout like the twelve years it's been on on the air. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, one of the big things moving from channel BBC to channel four, um, is mm. like the, the presenters change and stuff. Um, um. But there's been but there has been kind of like noticeable changes. I mean, I think it it it, it was it appeared on Netflix for about two weeks yeah. in the UK, um, briefly. But I think it's because I think it's on Netflix and. It's Netflix in the US. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. So pretty much anyone I follow on, on Twitter who watches it, watches it through Netflix. Um, 
but and I was I was really tempted to try and catch some of the earliest episodes to try and see what it was like. Ah, yes. Um, and like I think, I think like for example, in the first series, the presenters didn't do the voiceovers. It was only Mel and Sue started doing it um. in series two. Um, the, the handshake didn't appear till about series three. Um, um, one of the big things I think. Um, and I, th- I think part of it is because of the, the need for the ad breaks on Channel 4. Yeah. Um, there was, on the BBC, there was the, quote-unquote, the boring bit where they'll have, like, a five-minute segment where they'll talk about the history of history of Bamberg or something. Yeah, yeah. Which went, and um, did you do you miss them or...? Not re- I hadn't even... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Engaged my brain to think that they'd gone. So no, I guess I guess not. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I think I've, I, again, I, I was in the research for this episode. There's a couple of people who said they missed them because it was quite nice to learn something. But again, again, that's yeah. then again, it might be some people who probably did find that interesting. Perhaps bakers who didn't know about the history of what there was baking in the technical or something. Mm. But um, but you yeah, know, you've, you've got the internet. Like, yeah, look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's a bakla? What's a baklava? Yeah, you don't you don't need Paul Hollywood telling you what a baklava is. Not at all. Yeah, like just read yeah. about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm 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 interested interested to see the surge of Google searches. Um, during the the actual de- the actual time yeah. of a live airing of Bake Off, because I'm wondering whether if you collate the, collate the start of a technical and the search terms, yes, <laughs> like I bet. people searching for, I bet what's a Belgian book, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the I think as well, I um, what I think's changed, what I've noticed changed as well is that, and from what people have watched in the beginning is that the actual challenges. Um, seem to be either getting harder or more extravagant. Mm. I think sometimes I they're trying to reach too much. Like when they did, is it Chinese Week or something that they did last year? And it was actually wasn't even because it was like Japanese, Japanese recipes, and then like there was like Thai recipes and stuff like that. And you're like, Why? it was Japanese Week. It oh, was that Japanese was a Japanese Week, week and there yeah. were like Chinese and other, other. So it could have just been Asian Week, and it would have been fine. But yeah. Like that seemed like, a bit uh, of a reach, to be honest. Yeah, I think some some of them are interesting. I, there's the the elements. There's the elements to it. I think they're supposed to, they are, the conceit is that they're the best amateur bags in the country anyway, so they should be tested. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they're doing stuff that they're probably not. They're at their comfort zone, which is quite interesting. Like the stuff with the sugar bowls and yeah. glass dome or the sugar glass domes that was making, which is quite interesting. Or when they have interactive games. Yes. And stuff, which I thought was quite, I thought was an interesting um, conceit anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting twist, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but then, then, but then like last year they had, in the first week, you have to make a cake out of a celebrity. Mm. uh, (laughs) Oh, that was magnificently bad, wasn't it? I remember, yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah, but like, that, but then then you have the famous kind of like uh, Laura who did Freddie Mercury, (laughs) Mercury, and it was like a deflated balloon, which... I mean, I, I mean, you look back in the photo now, and it's quite, 
it's a magnificent piece of kind of catastrophe, which is, I think it's become one of the most, most shit. It's like a meme in itself now, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Didn't one of them do like a member of Blink-182? Yeah, Tom DeLonge. And then Tom DeLonge was like, oh, look, it's me. Like, yeah. Retweeting a picture <laughs> think- of his own cake, of course. Yeah, I think he made a joke something. Go, this is me after whatever or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's um, and uh, I think the, the challenges get quite quite hard and stuff. And I think it's quite entertaining when they get pulled off and you the pull get pulled off quite yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but I, I had I do notice that they seem to be constantly pushing the bakers into extremes and stuff. And but then again, sometimes they work really well. Um, there was the, I think, bread week a couple of week, years ago, and someone had created a bread lion face. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, that was very impressive. I can't remember who did yeah. it, but it was good. Yeah, and I remember, like, Paul Hogan going, oh, I've never seen anything like that. That is amazing. Um, yeah. But then, but then though, you do get um, moments like, uh, I think it was the brown, like, chocolate week last year, mm. where everyone attempted to make brownies, and considering it, apparently brownies are supposed to be one of the easiest things to bake. Yeah. Like about there's about ten, like nine bakers all failed. It's the ones that don't know what. I was really blown away by how like none of the three finalists knew what a Belgian bun was. Yeah, I mean like, that's the yeah, the I mean, mind blower when you're like, do this, and they're like, what? Like what? I've seen those in Greg's. How do you not know what that is? <laughs> like yeah, tr- if you can buy yeah. them from Greg's, you should know what they are if you're into bacon. I feel. Yeah, I think it was one of those ones where it says you shouldn't, you shouldn't at least know what they are, but you have to make them perfect. Yeah. So, like, what should be easy? I mean, like, there's a joke where <laughs> there's a whole thing about the fact that the that the uh, recipe was two lines. Yeah. Make a Belgian bun, make the curd. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it was also like we we're saying. I did the same a couple of weeks ago, where it says, "Oh, you need to make a chocolate biscuit," and it's basically Twix. Yeah. Yes, obviously they couldn't say that, could they, for advertising purposes, I guess. But oh my god, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but so I, I, I do think the, I can see why some of the challenges get more obscure and stuff, and perhaps it might be slightly unfair on the contestants. But again, entertainment, entertainment mixed with the fact that when they get pulled off, some of them look amazing. Yeah, and like so. you know, that's it. You, if you're watching it and then you like, I want to be on it next year, you know, you're you're going to make yourself practice to a higher level because you know it's going to be more difficult. So yeah. theoretically, the show's going to get more and more impressive. Yeah, I mean, um, and I think it's interesting to see how much, as I said earlier, there's like it's, there's been a rise in baking and there's probably people that are baking stuff. And yeah. um, the winner last year, Peter, um, <laughs> he was like, what, 20, 20, early 20s or something? He actually said mm. that, he grew up watching Bake Off, um, so he was like ten or eleven. Yeah, and he learned and he started baking because of Bake like series one or two of Bake Off. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and like you said that, and Paul Hollywood goes, "Oh my god, I'm old." <laughs> 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 but that's the that's the effect it has. It's it's the same thing like the, it's the I think I don't know what the exact name of it is. I've seen it called the Dana Scully effect, where like something there's a big cultural phenomenon well cultural phenomenon which has a massive impact yeah, yeah. i think dana scully is like um dana scully from the x-files is uh credited for the increase of females that applied for stem oh. um, 
college courses in the 90s and so um it's it's it's, it's like it's probably like um all the people that worked for uh elon musk's no jet for the people that worked for jeff bezos um, yeah. space program whose name i can't remember probably grew up watching star trek and was probably was probably uh influenced to go into space oh god yeah travel or Almost space certainly. sciences and then yeah, and then had the chance to shoot Captain Kirk up into space, and they probably thought, "Oh my god!" Yes. Um, CSI the same. The amount of forensic scientists that spun off because of CSI, and this is this has got the same thing. Uh, a slightly break off, slightly more mundane, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're not, you're not going up into space, but it's still, you're still, yeah, you're baking stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, part. I mean, <laughs> I have, I've not, but like, part of me's watching that going. Part of me's watching it going. I might try and lease the sponge, try and make at least the sponge, and just I've never had the uh, balls to tr- attempt to bake something. But um, I, maybe one day I might. I quite like the because um, it's it's become a thing, hasn't it? Like for my, my wife was going around to her friend's house every week on a Tuesday, and like they'd have a rotor of which one of the three of them w- that were there would bring treats that week. So they'd all sit mm-hmm. there and watch it with a cup of tea and a cake, you know, and I. I quite like that. I'm sure they they did a thing at her work previously where, like, it was a rotor to bring in cakes on a day. Like, it was a work day, so they weren't watching Bake Off, but they're like, oh, it's bread week. Okay, it's your week. You bring in some kind yeah. of bread thing. And I, I, I just love the fact that people have made this kind of ceremony around it as well. You know? Yeah, um... Yeah, um, I'm in a WhatsApp group and my friends dedicated to the Bake Off so that the people who don't watch it in our main group don't get flooded. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, and, and then, like, so there's that, and I'm also kind of, like, my sister and I are, kind of, like, tech, like texting on WhatsApp throughout as well, going, oh, we think this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, there's, like, there's fantasy Bake Off challenges, like fantasy football. Oh, wow. So you can actually, so you can, so there's, like, you know, I found it a couple of weeks too late, actually, as I probably would have done it with the WhatsApp group that I've got. But so you can actually have like, so you can put nominations of like, oh, I think so and so is going to go this week, which I think is slightly unproductive when you when it's before the actual show starts because you can't really yeah tell it's going to have a good week or not. But yeah, you've got all that kind. You've got like yeah, it's like fantasy football but with cakes. It's ridiculous. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? How much it's has that kind of like cultural yeah thing, and they haven't tried to make this happen themselves that's the thing they aren't out there being like oh you should all just get your friends around and have a cake party or or whatever people just want to do it because they like it and that's again wholesome lovely isn't it you know it's just let's do a nice thing let's meet up be sociable have a tea and a cake and watch bake off lovely yeah and I think that's a nice uh, note to end on. I think just to celebrate the just how how much of a wholesome impact it can have. Yes, with like friends and people and stuff. I would and like to highlight though that they did the um, meet up thing at my house last year, and I much preferred that because then I also <laughs> got cake. <laughs> this year I did not get cake most of the time, and that was massively <laughs> disappointing. Wow. I live on my own, so I, uh, the only reason I didn't get cake was because I didn't make any. Ah, there you go. What I should do is just buy stuff, buy cakes. Yeah, just eat. you should. Yeah, just buy a pack of cake and just eat the whole thing. Well, yeah, yeah. I need to do that for next year. Definitely. Um. So yeah. So um. 
so with that, I say, Ian, thank you ever so much for coming on to schedule programming to talk about the Bright British Bake Off. No problem. And to, ce- and to celebrate the wholesome nature of it. It has um, been possibly the most wholesome and positive podcast I've been on in a long time. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, it's, yeah, considering all the podcasts that, that I've listened to, <laughs> listen to you be host or co-host and guest on, it's very... Uh, this yeah, this is this is a very strange new site to you. It is right, yeah, because I am I'm definitely yeah. the spiky one on all of the podcasts that I do. Um, yeah. I'm the one that says that you know drops the c bombs and swears and <laughs> is really bitter and angry about things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's probably people you, probably people who listen to like reading music who listen to you on this going. Are you sure this is it? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, so talking about those podcasts. So what podcasts are they? Um, where can they find them? So I do. One called We Dig Music, where we, uh, at the moment, we pick, myself and my two other co-hosts, pick our favourite ten songs from the year, and then we'll rate each other's songs and our own, and then end up with like a, a top 30, as far as we're concerned, songs from a given year. So that's been fun. Uh, then I also do one called Free With This Month's Issue, which is, in general, a much more angry podcast I, I would say um where we'll have a guest on and they will pick a cd for you know one of those free magazine cds you used to get colin will do his research he'll buy the magazine he'll do some background stuff and then i will find out on the night of recording what we're talking about and so i go in cold and usually furious about the shit that they're making me listen to so there's that. Um, I feel I'd be remiss as well if I didn't mention the fact that I'm now the uh, producer and editor of the Royal Enfield official podcast as well. So if you like motorbikes okay. and people talking about motorbikes, check that one out. Okay. No, I wasn't aware of that. But I, one thing I am aware of is the Free With This Month's Issue and We Dig Music. Yes. Two very great podcasts that were also on the We Made This Network. Um, so on that, on our illustrious kind of network of podcast that we find yes um yeah um if you want to find me you can find me on all sorts places on facebook instagram and twitter under uh, pick a disc and pick a disc is the podcast i run i run which is just basically having people talking about albums they want to talk about for whatever reason um and i believe you've been a guest on there in the past I have. talking about refused yep refused and so you have your co-hosts and stuff and if you and yeah, so if you think, oh, these two people talking about a TV show, talking about music, give us a listen. Um, I'm sure you won't be disappointed, I hope. Yeah. Why, <laughs> so, why would you be? It's great. <laughs> so, and with that, I'll say thank you very much, Ian, and thanks for joining us for another episode. And remember, we are part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Please subscribe to schedule programming and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcasts. And if you want to help us our network, please consider supporting us on Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash we made this. The Great British Bake Off is not all we are discussing, so we'll give you a taste of what you might have missed on the network in a moment. We'll be back soon to schedule more programming, so until then, do not adjust your set. Elsewhere on We Made This. Shipwrecked and Comatose, a Red Dwarf podcast. So you know how you were both talking about the uh, the attractive women and how you spotted a particular one that you liked, etc, etc. Would you like to know what I put in my notes? Go on then. Yeah. Love the Cuban heels. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're very nice heels. And the fact he mentioned oh. in the behind the scenes later on there, was it a size too small? Yes. Yeah. 
that totally hurt. worth it for Cuban heels. For me, yeah. I'm six foot one, which is ever so slightly above average. If I get a pair of Cubans, I'm six foot three and I look like a god. Yeah. I f- love Cuban heels. Pick a disc. The, the steps formula at that time was planting. Uh, if there's another verse, the fail get it. If they want a little bridge or something like that, they might give it to H um, or or Lisa possibly. Uh, but the, all the, the hook and everything else would have been played. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think. Well, notice as well. I think Lisa has a lot more kind of solo stuff or, or solo verses in this album. I think, from what I remember. Um, yeah. As well. Um, so, the, so the balance is slowly getting more, more into things. I mean, but it's something that usually happens in all kind of girls slash boy groups. Frame to frame. My first trip to the cinema to see a Bond film was Die Another Day. The first one I saw in the cinema was The World Is Not Enough. I tried to get into Tomorrow Never Dies. I was just too young and we got rumbled in the queue and I was absolutely devastated. She went, oh, are you 12 years old? There was a woman in the queue. I thought, I can't remember if it was the woman behind the box office or not. She basically did like a kind of MI6 job on me and scammed me. And went, oh, you know, you're not getting in. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it took a lot of interrogation. There was no, no, no one exactly, holding, no. <laughs> holding a rope with knots in it to you. <laughs> exactly. You know, we know how long I'd last in the field. <laughs> are, are you 12 years old? No, yeah, 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 yes, yes, I am. <laughs> it's like the stoning in Life of Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought we'd started. <laughs> yeah. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network.